Welcome back to the podcast, Who Is It For? Uh, a podcast where we talk about design and talk about who is it actually for. Today we're going to tackle a bit of a different question or problem than we usually do. Uh, but it's, in my opinion, uh, equally as important uh, to, to the design process. So, as you might have seen from the title, we're going to talk about mental health and creativity and how it's going to can affect your design process. But unfortunately, or I'm fortunate enough not to be talking to, um, about this myself. Uh, so uh, I'm joined by Ioana, who, um, who is also a UX designer based out of uh, Bucharest. And she runs the very successful, in my opinion, uh, Instagram account called UX Goodie, which just um, just reached over 75,000 followers. So that's quite an accomplishment. Um, but before we get too serious, can you maybe tell me and my listeners about what got you into like design and this creative world? Hey, first of all, hi there, Marcus. Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> it's great uh, to be your guest, uh, and I'm really super excited to talk about mental health because it's one of the subjects that has been preoccupying me most in the past months. So I really think, at least from an inter- introspective level, I have something to share. So yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Getting back to your question, how I started in uh, design, I think that uh, as many times designers, even if they don't have the um, educational background or school for it or any, yeah, um, clear beginning in the industry, they kind of have actually a eye for design if you want to call it like that they have an attraction or maybe they're a very curious individual so some of these qualities uh, i think that i had since forever uh, being very interrogative of the world how things work how people work most my my uh, biggest fascination is with uh, the what happens in the minds of other people so I think I had a personality that was set up for going into the design industry and uh, the actual uh, entry in this world uh, happened when I was working with ING Bank and um, I was in the digital department where we worked on the internet banking solution that the bank had and uh, there I got the chance to watch and observe other designers at work and uh, I fell in love with their day-to-day work and I figured hey it looks like something that I would enjoy doing and maybe I could be pretty good at it so then yeah it was a natural transition and this was a few years ago and now I'm a yeah, already uh, thinking and living and breathing design all the time. So it's it has become my identity. <laughs> okay. So you just open up by saying that the background isn't always that important to UX. And, and that is also what I've come across also on this podcast. I have several people on where we talked about what it's like to be a UXer and, and their background. So. That leads me into the obvious question, what is your background and where did you come from? <laughs> so um, my background is actually in uh, communication studies. <laughs> I uh, studied, um, yeah, so it's called the University for Communications and Public Relations. And it's uh, quite uh, eclectic. Uh, university because it's at the end you don't can you can't actually pinpoint so I'm this now I'm a communicator (laughs) but what does that even mean so um, it's not really clear what you're gonna be when you get out of it but at the same time it offers a very um, diverse uh, educational uh, offer Ring offer so it's uh you have a lot of opportunities to go into studying more philosophy and studying or maybe you're more interested in uh, i don't know we haven't had uh, uh studies about the mass media and so it was very varied and it offered you a great basis to go on and explore other uh fields that you may be interesting in it wasn't limiting at all this is what i want to say actually that it's a very com- diverging university where you can choose a lot of uh paths uh, afterwards 
So, uh, but I also did some economical studies, which of course helped me get in the banking industry and from the banking industry into design. Um, yeah, I don't feel like uh, the studies have had an immense uh, impact in my career uh, and they were not uh, definitive by any mean. But I do recommend uh, if there's the possibility to go and um, have a design education, then I think it, that's really powerful and it uh, gives you uh, an advantage on, in the market, but as well as the um, ability to... So you... you because we don't have the designers that don't have an, edu an a design education background, they struggle a lot <laughs> to put all the concepts in place and to give structure to all the information that they learn and acquire. So it's an extra effort to start from scratch. So if you can start with studies, they offer a fantastic base and maybe some designers never get to cover all the holes that are in their <laughs> educational structure structures because they didn't have the right base. So yeah, I'm uh, always in favor of, I always support uh, pursuing a design education, but I don't think that's always available to people. <laughs> For example, in Romania, there was no such thing. And I think there isn't, I think there's something that maybe in the architecture faculty or maybe arts and design, but it's not like product design or no. <laughs> digital design, yeah. No, it, it was more or less the same in, in Denmark when I started my education, like five, six, seven years back, um, the design field and the UX field wasn't that diverse and it wasn't, it was very, very new. So, so I, it was only a couple of years ago, um, I, I got like notice of what is UX, right? Because I, I come from a more traditional design background. Um, I studied, um, something called design culture. So mainly where you just figure out <laughs> how design impact your culture and like traditional furniture, um, fashion design, typography design, all of this, and very focused on, on Scandinavian design as well. So yeah, it was more, so, so and then I transitioned uh, into studying digital design, which is more or less just a product and UX. So, so yeah, um, so that's, yeah, to sum up my, my, my short background, but yeah. Um, and, but uh, yeah, I've met a lot of people who come from various fields uh, and who are now in yeah product or, or UX feels as well. Uh, and I think that people come with different qualities from all of these different fields and, 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 uh, and it's, it's, it's very fulfilling sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, so what type of UX work do you do or do you focus mo most on in, in your? So, uh, right now I'm working in the RPA industry. It's a company called UiPath, which has uh, become this very visible um, startup, very funded, very, um, um, it's gaining a lot of um, market share and uh, market appreciation in the RPA industry and setting the road for what the RPA industry will become in the future. So it's a really nice place to be now. Because I feel like I can really have an impact on how the uh, automation solutions will be designed in the future. This oh, is really okay. exciting. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm, uh, let's say, a Swiss Army knife designer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I have to be able to um, deliver an end-to-end -end UX uh, process. So um, I um, handle research as much as uh, problem fitting. Um, uh, aligning and getting stakeholders buy-in, working with product managers, developers. Also, I do the UI design, um, prototyping, usability testing, and so on. So I, I go through the entire process, which is nice because, uh, yeah, you feel your hands-on and you're independent and you can deliver uh, design by yourself, and which is a good thing in part but at the same time it's great when you have a team with various roles and everybody is very good at one thing so the specificity or the yeah specialization <laughs> is also super desirable and i think that um yeah the strongest teams are the ones that have a uh, different skill sets. So where you have the UX researcher that's super uh, professional and experienced in research and you have a UI designer which is passionate about motion and gradients and all sorts of stuff like this. And yeah, I think that designers 
should be able to understand a UX process from the first point to the last point. Mm. But at the same time, I do think that everyone is best on one <laughs> stage of the process. And even if it's not uh, that he's best or he, her is best on that uh, uh, stage of the process, um, it's a comfort that you have in one area or the other. So maybe someone is more comfortable just making uh, uh, visual uh, solutions and exploring interactions and stuff like this. And another person is more comfortable and um, engaged and satisfied by talking to users and uh, solving problems and um, yeah so I think that everyone is skilled in one area more than the other but most of all right now from where the industry is I think that the designer should be able to be independent in uh, delivering the process from yeah it's not mandatory it's, I don't think it's ideal but it's just how you grow and expand your design skills at the same time, right? Just exploring yeah. new things that maybe are not natural or you're not uh, comfortable from the very beginning with. That's the only way to push yourself, right? Yeah. Do we have any favorite areas of UX? So you can get to narrow it in and then be more specific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very deep into like the research part and, and like just just where you, you get over and have so much research gathered, then you could start and, and, and do ideation part. I love that that section of, of, of the process. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. That's 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 one of the best parts. <laughs> Is there any easy way to transition to talking about the serious topic of mental health? I don't really think so. <laughs> so... No. <laughs> but uh, but, it's, but it, it shouldn't be that serious to talk about, right? It should be more of a... It should be more loosely talked about, in my opinion, that we can, we can discuss it more openly, that we have all either have had good or bad mental health at some point during our life. Some may have it a bit longer than others. Um, but but one of the first things I want to like just touch upon is maybe like how do you perceive mental health? What is, what is it when you talk about it to you? What does it mean? If it's that easy to put into words, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that it's an important thing to clarify from the very beginning. So having a common understanding of what the mental health is, uh, uh, what each uh, definition is. Um, the thing is that, yeah, it's really hard to define actually, because it's uh, it can take a lot of faces. So I think that there are a lot of ways in which designers can um, get affected uh, in relation to their mental health. So it can be... Um, um, so let's let's get back to the definition and then we discuss the types of uh, mental health uh, damage that one can suffer but if we if we if we uh, try to define what mental health is then i think that it's a state of uh, balance and uh, yeah maybe not constant well-being but most of all feeling in a state of being in a state of well-being where you don't feel dread <laughs> when you think about the work you have to do and you still feel excitement of course not all the time because this is impossible and it's not sustainable but you are passionate and engaged about the work you do so i think that this is how a healthy um, 
designer or every type of professional because I don't think that it's uh, limiting to design. We can um, replace designer with, uh, I don't know, uh, accountant or lawyer or any type of uh, profession because it's mm. I think the problems are universal. But mental, sure. being mentally healthy is being... Uh, yeah, having the right balance between your personal life, other hobbies, your work, having a, um, still excitement towards it, and yeah, all the things I said before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, it's not at all limited to your to to a designer, uh, not at all. But one might say that that some designers or or people in the creative field might be more introverted. Um, I can personally agree with that. I'm an introverted person, so so, um, and and some studies and some people also say that introverted people may have um, better, or that's the wrong word, may have a worse mental health in some cases, or may feel a bit more down, or maybe easily affected by by other people's opinions or or stuff like that. Um, is that something you have experienced yourself, or have any? Uh, yeah, so uh, I want to start by saying that if you're an introverted person and you're ho hosting a podcast, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's not what introverts uh, usually do. <laughs> they no. avoid uh, exposing themselves. Um, yeah. Getting back to, yeah, I... Um, I wanted to start the classification, so reasons why designers uh, can get uh, their health affected. Uh, one of the reasons was indeed the one you pointed out, the fact that the creative industry uh, holds some sort of uh, weakness in this area. I think the weakness is not, or uh, being more prone to suffering mental health issues, is not necessarily related to being an introvert or extrovert, but it's, uh, it's the creative uh, effort that, um, I don't know, uh, creates a sensitive uh, ground for your health state, mental state. And I think that uh, being creative also comes with this, uh, I don't know, draining effort of, um, if, you, if, you, if we expand the conversation from just doing uh, UX design or product design, if you expand the definition to what creativity is, then it's, it's, uh, it's somehow, heavily looking into yourself and then getting parts from yourself out there so it's something that's of course sensitive and hard to do and uh, like you said uh, designers expose their work expose parts of themselves you get out there in the public eye to get uh, i don't know uh, healthy critique even the healthy critique can be hard to take sometimes so i think that it's the creative industry that uh it's implicitly exposed to everyone's judgment that's hard on the mental state of the designers plus it's the fact that to be creative and to design means to look uh, constantly into yourself so you have to be to practice introspection because otherwise if you are disconnected to yourself and if you are uh, not self-aware then you cannot find the right solutions because you cannot actually talk to people and really understand what you're doing and who you are and who you are doing this for. So, yeah, it's uh, it's actually so. <laughs> to sum up everything I said, it's the fact that um, creatives uh, are are exposed and uh, that you need to be in contact with yourself, which most of the times is painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 step one is as you said, self-aware. If you start to be self-aware of, of of those signs uh, of I don't know um, bad mental health, uh, you can do a lot about that. Um, just touching about uh, upon some of the points you made about um, the industry and stuff, um, I I couldn't stop thinking about the personal branding issue. Uh, in my opinion, um, that's something that doesn't go that good together with like introverted people that you have to put yourself out there you have to make a portfolio uh, you have to be judged on that and you have to either have a, a great online presence or that, that's something that that uh, a lot of companies and and workplaces judges uh, in my opinion and in your valued on, on that um, and I think 
that can be a bit discouraging as well uh, and damage some people more than others. Uh, yeah, you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I have some thoughts. I want to say that a good uh, parallel that I can make uh, first off is that um, it's like in the meetings or in a design team where the loudest voice is the one that's getting heard. So this is a problem where yeah it's it's a matter of uh personality that is more advantaged by nature by the nature of its personality own uh, attributes it's more advantaged than other personalities which can maybe do and many times do better design work and deliver better solutions and understand the problems better because introverts of course i think have more patience and they're great listeners and they can really get to the core of problems most often maybe better than extroverts who are really conversational and sometimes get lost in themselves mm. so uh, i think that uh, yeah it's the problem that the one who who is loudest gets heard so i think that the design industry should evolve in up, up to um, equality of uh, equality in nature doesn't actually i mean it's ideal but it's impossible in a way because some people yeah of course uh, even the people who have more patience by nature than people who don't have patience are are advantaged by this quality they have or i don't know the people who can uh, who are not afraid of being wrong by nature this is they're not afraid of being wrong this is how they were brought up of course they have an advantage in, in, in the front of other people who maybe don't go out there don't expose themselves in fear of judgment or of uh, being wrong um yeah so i think that it's hard to provide a space and introverts get the same chances as extroverts and maybe sometimes introverts are favored i'm not saying that it's always that the extroverts win it's not like that i've seen yeah some of the best designers i've worked with are introverts and they're doing a fantastic job and they have a great career so it's not that uh, introverts will always uh, be not less heard than the extroverts but in terms of yeah social media personal branding what i can say is that i'm a very extroverted person <laughs> But uh, it's still hard doing the exposure thing because you question yourself all the time, or at least I question myself all the time. And uh, there's a lot of self-doubt and uh, it's really hard not to, I don't know, somehow get hooked in this day-to-day -day feedback loop. And I have to do this constant uh, exercise where I withdraw myself from what's happening and I just uh, hold on to the perspective hey this is not necessarily about you <laughs> this is not you the, what people are saying is, is not about you if, be bad or good so not take it too uh, I don't know not be too proud ah, I helped so many people or but not at the same time not put myself down if somebody says I don't know a bad thing so you have to do this constant exercise of not uh, for, for of separating your public projects from yourself and i think that this is the key takeaway from everything i said so far that you are not your work whoever you are if you're extrovert introvert you're not your work you just have to do the best work possible and not be afraid to put it out there even if it's gonna get smashed <laughs> it's not a problem because it's it's just you're gonna learn from it and yeah just have courage and don't doubt yourself too much everybody doubts themselves and i think that we should just do our best and at the end of the day look at what we can improve without being too harsh on ourselves am i yeah. making any sense yeah, yeah 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 for sure no 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 um i just yeah the one thing you said about you're not your work that's that's totally right because also as a designer you never design for yourself unless you have some personal work you designed so so you should never be your your work right you should always uh yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but you should uh, yeah from the work you do because exactly. what happens to designers is exactly like you're saying they 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 so let's say for example i made a website and i put it out there and people say oh what a crappy website it's so crappy it's shit i don't know if i'm allowed to talk like this in a podcast anyway sure. and you take it really personally because it's like your baby it's like the old saying you have to kill your babies 
yeah. <laughs> as a designer. And um, yeah, the thing is that it's very easy to get affected by this uh, feedback, even when it's directed to an interface. It's not you are shit. It's this interface maybe has shitty parts. Mm-hmm. And wh- how you should you should uh, adjust your perspective to see it as an opportunity, the feedback and the critique that you get. This is why design critiques should be something that, um, of course, done with care and tenderness and not uh, 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 any sorts of aggression or uh, meanness to it. No, no, it has to be valid critique, right? So, so, so the argument has to be in place. This is shitty because, and and then you can go further um, beyond that and 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 try and resolve what you made shitty. <laughs> exactly. So it's an opportunity. Getting smashed <laughs> for your work is an opportunity to evolve your work, to improve something that you did wrong. And of course, we're all going to do wrong things at points. It's not that everybody does perfect work, that anybody in the world does perfect work all the time. Everybody does mistakes. So I think we should just be at comfort with the idea. Mm, for sure. Do you, do you think there is um, enough, like, focus on like the well-being and, and mental health at um, workplaces no <laughs> okay we're done <laughs> I think that actually in the whole design industry there's not enough conversation about this topic of mental health I think that it's a very competitive world I think that the fact that it's not very mature yet the entire UX design industry I think that it has an impact on how people see themselves, how well they understand their role, how well their role is acknowledged by others, how well their role is respected in companies, or there are many things that uh, are not ideal yet. And I think that in this entire setup of things that are not going that well, um, mental health is a subject that's not being uh, explored or discussed or I don't, I don't think it's a taboo because now we're in 2019 and there are not many taboos subject left, subjects left. But I think that nobody's making an actual effort to... Of course, there are people who are making actual efforts, not nobody. But uh, I think that it, there's not enough effort in terms of helping people who are going through, yeah, all sorts of uh, mental challenges like feeling the experiment in the famous uh, imposter syndrome or feeling uh, burnout or feeling uh, that they're in a very competitive world and they cannot keep up with other designers which in fact is not something that you should be going for just keeping up with other designers you should do your best work in your context and yeah maybe get inspired let yourself inspired by others but not see it as a competition or something that puts pressure or stress on you so I think that there are a lot of things that people are not getting enough help for and uh, yeah I hope that in the future uh, in time as the design industry evolves this this uh, comfort or support system will also evolve along with the design industry and I'm sure that it will happen because it's it's not very think about it um, I don't know where I was reading this or Uh, who I was talking to but yeah it's actually I had a recent conversation where we were saying that the design industry is what 50 or 60 the UX design industry is 50 or 60 years old uh, at best yeah yeah. Yeah. while architecture or law or being a lawyer or being a doctor like thousands of years old so of course it takes a while for this uh, industry to mature and I think that things will be better when (laughs) when some time passes yeah, um, I I totally agree with you, and I uh, especially for example here in Denmark, uh, people companies don't actually know how to work with UXers yet. It's only the large companies that have figured out that UX is something we need. We need to work with it. So that's also you need to know how to work with a UXer, and you need also to know how to accommodate them into um, a workplace uh, if you have. Let's say you have a graphic designer, then you have the front end developers. So you need the UXer in the middle. How do you do that? And how do you keep uh, everybody sane at the same time, right? Um, exactly. And it's really interesting that actually whoever you talk to, in, a, in whatever country I talk to people, it's the same problem everywhere. The UX yeah. role is not well understood. And I think that it's a vicious circle of designers that are not yet mature or uh, sure enough on, of themselves 
to be able to promote and evangelize web designers and set up a design culture in their, in their companies, as well as, yeah, the people in the companies who see designers just delivering screens and that's it. The designer should do the mock-ups and we'll come up with a solution and just hand them the solution already thought. Uh, so it's a vicious circle and I think that actually I would imagine it as a spiral if you want to. So it's evolving, it's improving, it's it's that the good practices and know-how are expanding and uh, companies are maturing in their uh, design approach. But at the same time, many, most of the designers I talk to have the same, same struggles like the one you said, not yeah. being, not feeling understood or supported enough or, mm. yeah. Okay. I, I want to ask a bit of a more personal question now. Yeah. So now if we talked a lot about like the general state of mental health um, and I think a lot of us may have a vague understanding of <laughs> how it works now. Um, so can you maybe give some insights to how good or bad mental health have affected your process, your design process, if it has affected, if, if it's something you have noticed? Yeah, so I'm gonna start with the first thing that came in my mind. It's the fact that it's something that I've noticed to a very close friend that's also a designer, and it's something that I saw in his personality, and that then by seeing it in others, I, I understood that it's the same thing that's happening to me. So maybe I don't. I'm not sure what the cause is but maybe the cause it's important um, I think it may be an imposter syndrome or it may be a competitive uh, competition or feeling overwhelmed by or feeling that you don't know enough but uh, I think that from this um, um, how can I call it base of bad feeling comes a good effect in the sense that if you're not sure enough you tend, so for me what happened is that I, I didn't feel super confident all the times. So I had confident moments where I knew I was right and I knew what I've done and I knew that my design process was the best I could do it. And so I had many confident and uh, strong moments, but of course I had uh, a lot of self-doubt and a lot of uh, self-questioning and not being sure if I'm right <laughs> many times. But what happened is that to compensate all the feeling, all the bad feelings, I started learning and doing an effort. Uh, so I, I took the bad feeling and turned it into an opportunity to grow and grow and grow and grow. And so feeling this pressure, I think that you should always uh, look at the extent to which you're involved in your career and in your profession. But at many times, this the bad feelings or the insecurities you have uh, fuel the learning process and fuel your ambition and your drive and fuel your um, uh, how can I call it yeah your ambition to know as much as possible and uh, yeah cover the holes in your education or in your understanding so I've seen that people who are most insecure do the the most effort to overcome those insecurities and learn and get to learn a lot along the way. So this is something that has happened to me. I've turned the insecurity into a learning process effort, a constant learning effort, which, yeah, as I said earlier, it shouldn't be what you're doing all day, every day, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's giving a good uh, purpose to a bad feeling. Another thing that happens is that uh, once, this is something that I've been struggling with most in the past weeks. Uh, now that I've reached 70k followers on Instagram, I feel like I have a responsibility, which uh, I'm not sure all the time that I can live up to. Most of the times I feel that I'm not able to live up to this responsibility. And now I'm having all this ethical uh, battles. I'm wondering, hey, maybe I should uh, let... Uh, more senior designers or uh, established 20 years of experience industry leaders talk. Why, why am I talking? I have this channel now, but maybe I'm not the one who can give the best lessons. And then what, what helps me feel better is the fact that I always, I'm always transparent about the fact that I'm learning along the way. I'm, this is just sharing the way I learn and grow. This is not, hey, I've done this for 20 years and I know for sure and do this. It's just my, my learnings and 
they come from a place of modesty and from a place of really wanting to help others that are on the same journey or maybe similar journeys as I am. And then I, I feel a little better and then I feel bad again. <laughs> okay, I have 70k followers and oh my God, this is ethical. Is this, is this the right thing I'm doing? Am I doing what's right? Is this the right message to send? So yeah, this is a struggle that I've been... This is in relation to your question earlier where you said... Um, um if you if you're out there how does it feel to get out there and exposed so mm. it doesn't feel really good no no <laughs> yeah no because now responsibility yeah it's it you have a responsibility and you always have to uh take care of the way you formulate things and yeah. make sure that the message you get out there is not that hey do the button like this i tell you how to do buttons this is this is not the message i want to get out there it's the message that hey this is how i did the button how do you do the buttons mm. so it's it's um it's something that i want to I, I want to make sure it's transparent at the same time. Yeah, it, it's a bit, it, I'm not going to complain that ah, it's a burden, but it's, it's, it's a little pressure. Yeah, yeah. I feel a constant nagging voice that's saying you are now in the place where you're responsible for what people understand about design and who are you to be responsible for this? Does that make you think twice about what you post? Yeah, it makes me think 10 times okay. uh, every every one hour. But just just remember that people follow you for, for a reason, right? So so it's I would say it's their own responsibility why they follow you or follow me or follow anybody else. So yeah, as long as you just keep posting what you still do. Uh, I've tried to get away myself from that feeling of overthinking too much and just because I I, I have struggled yeah in processing room as well like where where you just uh, what I usually do is I compare myself to other similar accounts and that's that's just horrible way to to kick yourself when you're down um, so something I've I've used as a technique is often and it sounds a bit stupid but it's often to not follow people that I want to look up to because then I won't get inspired and may not feel like I copied them or that I'm maybe able to come up with original ideas and content by myself, right? Um, and this is something I, I thought about myself and I made this post by myself because I didn't see it anywhere else, right? Um, and, and it feels like such a stupid idea when you put it out there and say, I, I don't want to follow this person because he is somebody I look up to, right? <laughs> That's, that seems counterintuitive, right? I felt this too. I felt this myself. I think that uh, it's important to find people that inspire us or that we can relate to and follow them. But at the same time, I understand your your fear of being, I don't know, a copycat or a mm. fraud or yeah. So ah, I did something that uh, someone else thought of. It's also possible at the same time that without following others and doing your own road, and path of thinking and process, you get to the same result. And in the end, people will not know whether you copied or not somebody else. That's so right. for me, it happened many times that I posted content that came up from my own mind with no intention, with no inspiration from others. And then I saw it into other accounts and ah, people will think I, I copied this. But yeah, yeah but it's, uh, it's impossible not to get influenced by all the content we consume. So uh, many times I may have an idea and maybe that idea didn't really so it seems original, but of course, somewhere in my subconscious uh, library, it was stored and saw somewhere and stored and built on. So it's it's very hard to be completely original, which I think is a struggle that any creative has in any industry, in painting, in I don't know, whatever, theater. Yeah, yeah so it's hard not to get inspired. I think that every creation creative process has this component of uh, getting something that's already there and building on it or giving it a personal touch or a reinterpretation so it's not a bad thing completely of course you don't have to copy paste everything because then it's not fair and it's not your own work um yeah it's um it's, uh, plus I have one more thing to say because yeah, yeah, I wanted sure, to sure. say it from the beginning and I forgot mm -hmm. I think that now it's very hard 
these days, if you go on Instagram, there are a lot of UX accounts and UI accounts in there. The Instagram is filled with this. So it's impossible to stay original. It's impossible. Somebody's doing something that's similar to someone that's similar to someone. That's, yeah. So it's an endless uh, circle of being similar or maybe the same as, uh, as something that's already out there. So I don't think, I think that what's going to make the difference, and this is this applies to UX design in general. I think that the standards will be more uniform in the future. So all the websites will look good. You're not going to see that many crappy websites in the future. But what's going to make the difference is the personal touch, is the storytelling behind it, is the is, 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 there are other things. So what I think that will differentiate between this UX account in the end, if, if there's a battle for differentiation, which I think it's not, but let's say that, well, what's going to make a difference since all the posts look the same? I think it's the personality of uh, of the person. So maybe, and that's in real life too. You're going to see many good designers, but you're going to choose the one that fits your needs in terms of his personality the most. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I said many things, maybe unrelated. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you wanted to I ask think... me something and... <laughs> I yeah, it, it was just in relation to to all the Instagram stuff and and does it affect you negatively or positively? Um, let's say your mental health state sometimes or when you have to overthink stuff or when you post something, do you just turn the phone off and then leave it and don't think about it or or do you get affected by what people are saying and how many likes you get and all this? It's a great question and I'm going to be totally open about it. Um, I am able to trace back to the moment where I started this Instagram account and my mind has changed in regards to it. So I had this uh, pre-success uh, state where I knew how I felt about it. It was just, uh, I don't know, the free time activity that didn't really consume me at all. It was super pleasant, super fun, really relaxed. So this is how it was in the beginning. I didn't feel any pressure or any goal or any direction or nothing. So it was just, just fun. Uh, as it started growing, I started to have these feelings of uh, feeling uh, pressure of uh, I have to post today because I'm going to lose the engagement or um, I don't know, comparing myself to other accounts or um, yeah, overthinking everything. And I think that the, the biggest problem actually was social media because even today I had this, this post about um, how to grow your Instagram account. And then after I posted it, I, I was like, what am I doing? I'm hurting people. What if I'm hurting people? I'm teaching them how to be more dependent on social media. Is this the right thing to do? And then I figured that, as you said, everyone is actually responsible for the messages he consumes. And this is just my story of how my Instagram grew. Maybe someone is interested in growing their Instagram. And since they're already interested, it's not that I'm making them, I'm forcing them to use Instagram, they're going to take these lessons and do whatever they think is good for them. But anyhow, so the ethical uh, uh, struggle was uh, active, very active today. Getting back to what I was saying, I was saying that um, the problem with social media and Instagram is that for me, it's a constant state of uh, hyper stimulation. So I, I'm always, always, always getting notifications. I'm unable to turn them off. I'm not turning oh, yeah? them off. No. My phone goes <laughs> like this every day. Uh, one message oh, after another. Okay. And I really, I'm really curious to see what somebody DM'd me about, what people need, what they want, what the feedback is. So I'm in a constant, constant state of stimulation, which of course drains my mind. And uh, between these bits of social media, I have to do exhausting work, <laughs> real life work. So yeah, I feel like I'm um, on the verge of a burnout. <laughs> oh yeah? Oh, yeah, I feel good. tired. I feel tired because social media may not feel like uh, something that's draining, but it is when you do it excessively. And it is when you have a, uh, emotions about it. I don't know if you're involved emotionally with what you're For doing sure. on social media, then it's going to consume you. It's like everything that you're emotionally involved with. Have, have you ever thought about like taking a detox, like 30 days off social media or just Instagram? <laughs> yeah, it, it's coming soon. It is? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's right around the corner. I'm going to take a break because I want to, I just want to 
get back to the introspective state that I was in before I had so much stimulation all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm uh, feeling good about it. I want to I want to see how my mind will work in the absence of all these activities yeah. that I'm doing all day. I want to see how I feel. And then maybe I'm sure that another side effect of this detox uh, will be that I'm going to have more clarity in regards to where I want to go with UX goodies. If I want to turn it into, I don't know, a support system, if I want to turn it into a community that uh, helps junior designers start out, whatever. Because right now being constantly stimulated um, prevents me from understanding how I can turn this into a good thing, how I can use the potential and the opportunity I have to help others or to do a, something good with it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm always <laughs> busy and confused and thinking about 1000 things at the same time. So it's impossible for me to get to a healthy, clear, have a moment of clarity where I know this is the best way for me to continue. So I need that and it's gonna happen soon. <laughs> so where are you at the moment in your like mental health state? Would you assess yourself? Why would you put yourself? Yeah. So if from on a scale from one to ten, ten being yeah. insane, I might think at a eight. You're at, you're at eight. Okay, but insane insane being good, right? No, insane oh, being that, that you're burnout. Insane oh, is the worst. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm, so, so I'm not that mental. far. Yeah, I'm I'm. It's not bad actually. It's 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 just this constant. A cognitive effort that I'm doing. I'm not taking any breaks. I work all the time. I'm super passionate about my work. I think about UX all day, all day. I'm not exaggerating by any means. I just think about UX from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed every day. So I think that this is uh, a bit debalanced. <laughs> so I have to fix it. But you're aware of it. That, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a very self-aware person. Sometimes this yeah. is the problem. <laughs> yeah. I know I just too want much to touch about up- what I feel, yeah. Yeah, I just want to touch upon um, one of the things you said about um, you having good and bad mental health and, and you use that to to your bad to, to something good, right? Because I started this podcast because I had a lack of like connection, wasn't connected with my field. And, and I was in a state of, let's say, not the best mental health, state uh, i would say so so it was for a way for me to to like uh, inspire myself and get myself into like talking to creative people that could inspire me as well um so so yeah i i could totally relate when you said using something bad to get something good out of it um I love your courage. I admire the th- the fact. I admire people who try to uh, identify and understand why they're feeling bad, what's wrong with them, and what's wrong with their mental health, and what how they can do a good thing out of it, or at least. It took me a while to understand and and be aware of it, but uh, yeah, now I'm I'm hyper aware of <laughs> of myself and 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 what I'm feeling and 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 maybe sometimes too much, like so overthinking stuff but maybe that's a part of being a designer as well sometimes you you need to overthink <laughs> i have a friend uh that told me once that uh is there a like a psychological disease when you uh over analyze yourself <laughs> i think you have it so this is uh yeah something that was said to me that i tend to uh, introspect so much that it's just too much mm. at some point you're just oh spending all the time thinking about what you're thinking, why you're thinking, where did this come from, why did it happen, what should I do with it, analyzing my every reaction, feeling, thought. So yeah, it's uh, it's not productive to over. I think the secret key even to how you analyze yourself is moderation. And moderation should be uh, met in every aspect of our lives, including social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Th- that actually, leads me into the last part where I just want to touch upon if we have like unlimited resources or what would be the like ultimate and best way to get people let's say out of the bad mental health state and and get them into the better one <laughs> do we have any anything is on the table you can you can put anything on and and and, and we have unlimited money and stuff like that <laughs> this is great i think that this is where the ideal society should uh, uh, 
uh, evolve into. Yeah. Um, I, I know it because I try to understand some friends of mine that maybe had uh, some depressive moments or harder moments in their life, or even when I had my own hard moments, I tried to really think what could get me out of it. And many, I don't know, magazines and even therapists and everybody said, ah, you should go and do sport, but maybe I'm not a sports person. This doesn't be okay. Maybe, yeah, it's the hormones and everything, but it's not something that comes natural to me. So what I would do, I would devise a system in which people would uh, get the opportunity to do things that they are naturally good at and excited by. So let's say there's someone with depression that's an introvert and loves to listen to people, just create a setup where they could go listen to, maybe become therapists or be helped in doing a voluntary therapy or voluntary, I don't know, just talking to other people and listening, what, what they like. So just have every person that has a bad or unbalanced mental health state um, think about whatever in the world would make them feel better and then offer that to that person. So maybe I'm a designer that's depressed that I'm not doing enough social good and somebody could say, hey, we need a, a health app. Why don't you work on this health app and try to save millions of lives or help millions of people in pain or just something that is, is in accordance with my psychological and emotional needs. So maybe it would be something like, let's say, a Tinder for, <laughs> for the greater good. So matching my, my calling and the needs I have with what the society needs. Did we just solve mental health or did you just solve mental health? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it will make everyone happier. People will feel more useful to the society and the society would benefit from their efforts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think one of the, the, the main takeaways as well should be people should be like not afraid to talk about it. <laughs> If people want to take something away from this episode, it should be let's just have an open conversation about how we are feeling doing creative work or Just, yeah, in general. Thank you so much for joining me um, for this a bit different episode topic. Um, it was so interesting to have this conversation with you. For me, it was very interesting as well. And I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to voice all these messages in one place because I've been digesting on them and thinking of them for a while. And now I'm really happy that I had the opportunity to voice them because it's something that's been on my mind for a while, the mental health in the design and social media industry. And I'm super glad. So when, when I heard about what topic you wanted to uh, discuss with me, I was like, ah, this is, this is God. <laughs> this is a, some sort of, yeah, it's the Tinder for social needs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the, the last word. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Marcus. <laughs>